Good morning. Good morning. morning. My name is Christy Nichols, and I will be your worship guide for the month of October. But I promise you I will not be as entertaining as Brian Schleppy was last month. So on that note, um, I just want to share some announce with, announcements with you today. Grief Share Group is meeting on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Um, Pastor Rick will be holding our pet blessing next Sunday, October 8th at 2 p.m., and it will be held outside. So please bring all your pets. Uh, Lily and Faith will be making Buckeyes on Tuesday, October 10th. If you signed up to bring ingredients, please drop them off at the church by next Sunday because we'd like to take them over Monday prior to making them Tuesday. Um, tomorrow, Lily and Faith will be doing some inspirational rock painting. And anybody interested, we did that Thursday night and we had a great time. And I'm very challenged at making those rocks. So anybody is welcome to come. You can do anything. Susan is my encouragement there. Um, All Saints Sunday will be November 5th. Invite family and friends to attend this special service where we will honor those who have passed since last November. Veterans Day, November 12th. We are gonna honor our veterans and we'll be collecting men's new clothing, all sizes. And if you refer to your bulletin to, for the items needed, bring those items to the Fellowship Hall Annex and our collection will be taken for the homeless veterans of Columbus. Trustees meeting scheduled for this Thursday, October 5th has been rescheduled to Thursday, October 19th at 6 p.m. That concludes my announcements. Let us take this time to quiet our hearts and minds and prepare for worship. Let us read, sorry, Nancy. <laughs> See, I was on a roll. Um, let us read together the breakthrough prayer. Amazing God, we pray that through the Holy Spirit, your preferred future for Groport United Methodist Church will be made clear to us. Give us the courage we need to follow you wherever you may take us. We ask that you bind us together in love so that we can bring the good news of Jesus Christ to our friends, families, and community. Eyes, we may see the amazing things you are doing among us. Amen. Now we will prepare for worship.
Thank you, Nancy. Will you guys please stand as you're able to go through our first hymn, I Love to Tell the Story. <laughs>
worship? Christ asked Peter if he loved him. Peter affirmed three times his love of the Lord. Christ asks us if we love him. We affirm our love of the Lord in our worship. Christ calls us to demonstrate our love in service. Lord, help us to witness to your love in the ways in which we care for others. Amen. Please join us in the hymn, Holy Spirit, Thou Art Welcome. And please join me in the prayer of confession. O oh God, before we come to your table, we desire to make our hearts right before you. We are sinful, and so we confess our sins. We confess our selfishness, our greed, our deceit, our pride. Bring to light anything else that we may be hiding from you. Thank you for the unending promise of your grace and forgiveness. Thank you for taking our sin and washing it clean by your work on the cross. Give us hearts that desire to turn from sin and live like you. We are so grateful for your mercy. Amen. Words of assurance. Beloved, God who created you and knows you by name sent his only son to redeem you and not to condemn. In Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Amen. The first scripture reading today is from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But now is the time in which we can come together as a 
congregation and prayer and concern for one another and for ourselves. If you have a prayer concern, I would invite you to fill that out on the blue communication card that is there in your worship bulletin. If you are watching at home or if you have a prayer concern during the week, uh, feel free to email our prayer line, uh, which is prayer at groveportumc.org. Uh, that's right there on the uh, screen behind me. Uh, you can also call the church office uh, with your prayer concerns, and you can always just drop us a line uh, in the mail. We would love to hear your joys and concerns. Let us be in an attitude of prayer. go to the Lord in prayer. If you feel led, you are invited to come forward and to kneel at the prayer rail and someone will pray with you. Let us be in a time of prayer. Let us pray. Lord, the weather is turning cooler. The leaves on the trees are changing colors. Fall is in the air. A time of transition is occurring. We are reminded of the transitions in our lives this day. Young people are now not so young. Those who once enjoyed health are now experiencing complications. 
and those who once filled our lives with their presence are no longer. Yet, Lord, we are also reminded that not all of the transitions in our lives are negative. There is new life. Healings have occurred where once there was no hope, now there is hope. We know, Lord, that through Jesus, there is always a better tomorrow. And that healing and wholeness in its various forms can be ours if we merely ask. So Lord, on this day, we ask for your healing hand to be upon all of those who are facing health complications. Lord, we ask for your care for Shirley, who is waiting reports of medical tests. For Shaden, who was involved in an accident. For Hunter, who is recovering from a kidney transplant. And for Jack, who is currently in hospice care. Allow your caring hands to be upon each of these persons and bring them healing and wholeness. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we lift up to you all of those who are undergoing cancer treatments this day. Cheryl and Sonia, and David and Joyce and Susan and Betty, Lori and Trent. Help their treatments to be effective and side effects minimal. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, on this day, we remember those who have recently lost a loved one. We remember the Nichols family, Larry's stepmother, Janet, passed away on the 22nd. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we remember the family of Jesse Martin, who passed away on the 25th. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, this day we lift to you Terry and her family as her father passed away yesterday afternoon. We also remember and 
ask for your special blessings upon Alex and Mike, who uh, were the ones to, to discover that he had passed away. And, and just be with uh, Terry and her family during this difficult time. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you most especially for Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, and the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we to trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Would the children, children like to come up for our children's time? For a place to sit, Aaron. How about right here next to Robert? Right. There we go. Go sit right there next to Robert. All right. Perfect. All right. He's looking up at me like, uh oh, why has this guy got a stick? <laughs> All right. How was this week at school, everyone? Good? All right. Got some thumbs up. Thumbs down. Oh. We'll talk later. <laughs> I'm sure there's a story behind that somewhere. All right. So our first scripture reading today was the 23rd Psalm, all talking about how God is like our shepherd. Jesus himself called himself the great shepherd. So I thought this would be a good time to pull out my handy shepherd staff. Now, this is what shepherds use to take care of things like sheep and goats. We even have a picture of Jesus carrying one of these up there in our stained glass window. Have any of you ever used one of these before? Oh, well, I, I, let me rephrase that. Have any of you ever used one of these to take care of an animal not hit each other with? See, I've been a pastor long enough, I know why at Christmas every kid wants to be a shepherd in the Christmas place. Yep. Well, see, this isn't just a stick. It's got some uses. First, all right, I need a volunteer 
who would like to be like be, be my sheep? All right, stand up. All right, first, if you're a sheep and I see somebody coming to attack you, like let's say you guys were going to try to come in. All right, I could do this, right? And I can protect you, right? Boom, there you go. All right, now let's say you decide you're going to wander away. Try, try wandering away. I can just reach out there and go, whoop, right back you go, right? Um, uh, if, you, if you don't know where to go, I can point, right? All right, you can have a seat. Thank you for being the sheep. You're a great sheep. If there's ever a call for someone to pretend to be livestock, I know who to go to. But this stick really helped the shepherds to take all kinds of good care of their sheep. And it reminds us that Jesus does the same thing for us, right? Jesus points us in the right direction to go and what to do. Uh, if somebody's going to hurt us, Jesus can step in and, and protect us. And not that any of us would ever do anything wrong, but Jesus can also reach out there and pull us back in, right? So just remember, Jesus is the great shepherd. And just like a shepherd with their sheep, Jesus is here to take care of us, okay? All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for each and every one of these uh, uh, young people. Uh, they are so precious uh, to us, and, and we know that they are precious in your sight. Uh, help them to continue to grow and to be strong in body, mind, and spirit, and uh, protect them as they go about another busy week. Thank you for uh, bringing them here this day. Amen. All right, if you guys want to head off to uh, Junior Church, you can. Thank you. Do what? Oh, they're memorizing the 23rd Psalm. Well, in that case, she may need this. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're starting renting it out to the, the parents. It is now the time in our service where we can give back, and you can do that several ways. You can give through the Ezekiel app. You can give through the church website at growportumc.org. Uh, you can send a check, and you can also give um, in the offering plates today. Would the ushers please come forward?
Lord, accept these offerings given with a joy as a token of our praise that we may be used in service to Christ. Amen. Our second scripture reading today is from John 21, verses 1 through 17. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Let us pray. Lord, as your scripture is read and proclaimed this day, we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that our hearts, our minds, and our very lives may be transformed by your holy word. Thank you for your gift of scripture, we pray. Amen. Have any of you ever experienced a defeat? Where you felt like, well, a failure. We all have, right? Once or twice. For some of us, once or twice this morning even, right? 
you know? It's almost noon. It happens. But in the case of Simon Peter, who we've been looking at over the past few weeks, his defeat, his moment of failure was profound. See, he didn't just fail at a job or a home improvement project. No. He failed on a higher level. He failed in ministry. And not only did he fail in ministry, he failed by denying Jesus three times when Jesus needed him. He wasn't there. We've all experienced setbacks in our lives. We've all experienced times in which we felt like a failure. So we understand, uh, maybe in a small way, how Peter felt after the events of Jesus' arrest and crucifixion. And you would have thought that the stories of Easter would have brought all of that pain that Peter was feeling to an end, but it didn't. He was still confused and, and, and he wasn't sure what to do. And so he went back to doing what he knew he was at least pretty good at, and that was fishing. So this morning in our gospel reading from the Gospel of John, we're looking here at the 21st chapter, uh, Peter, along with several of the other disciples, have gone back to the Sea of Galilee, gone back to that life of fishing, to that simple life that they knew before meeting Jesus. Maybe the old life was better. Maybe the old way where we should be. But as John tells us, fishing wasn't going much better for Peter than being a disciple was. He wasn't catching anything, at least on this night. They'd been out all night fishing. And if you remember, we had talked about how fishing was during the time of Peter. It wasn't, you know, just simply you know, taking your, your uh, uh, rod and, and, and reel and, and just casting out there and sitting back and listening to some tunes. It was hard work. They would have to cast those nets out into the water and then by hand bring them back in with loads of fish. Although this night wasn't too much work because there were no fish in those nets. As the sun began to break over the Sea of Galilee, a figure appeared on the shore, and soon a fire was set. Somebody was cooking food, and the disciples were straining to see who it was. And all of a sudden, they hear this familiar voice cry out, Good morning! Did you guys catch anything for breakfast? And they knew exactly who that voice belonged to. It was Jesus. Jesus was there on the beach cooking them breakfast. 
This was amazing. Peter couldn't believe it. He had seen Jesus die on that cross. He had seen the aftermath of, of his denial of Jesus. He had, of course, like the other disciples, had visions of Jesus after the, the resurrection. But, but this was different. Jesus was there cooking. Can you imagine waking up in the morning and smelling somebody cooking bacon? Well, okay, Jesus wouldn't be cooking bacon, but... Um, <laughs> make it eggs, and you get up, and it's Jesus in your kitchen? Could you imagine? You're definitely going to try to remember what side the fork goes on and the spoon goes on and, and all that. The problem with Jesus' question was they hadn't caught any fish that night. And they go, we didn't catch anything. And Jesus goes, try it again. This time. I want you to uh, uh, throw that, that net off the right side of your boat. Trust me, it'll work. Now, this is Jesus, post-resurrection now. And I would almost guarantee you there was at least one of the disciples who goes, what's he talking about? What's he know about fishing? We've been out here all night. Because I know we're that way sometimes with Jesus, aren't we? What does Jesus know about life in 2023? He was never here. Huh? We do that to Jesus too. So I'm sure the disciples did that and they were like, quiet, Thomas. They threw that net over and they began to, to, to wheel it in and, 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 and as they got it in, it was so full that the net almost broke. It was that full of fish. And so they uh, drugged that, those fish in um, to shore, and they sat down, and they ate with Jesus. And Jesus had a talk with Peter. And three times he asked Peter, he goes, Peter, do you love me? And Peter goes, you know I do. He's like, take care of my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Jesus, you know I do more than anything in the world. He goes, then take care of my sheep. And then the third time, Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? And Peter was hurt by this. He's like, I already told you twice, Jesus. Yes, I love you. Then feed my sheep. See, what Jesus did is each time uh, 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 that Peter had denied him, he asked him again, do you love me? Because see, each time that Peter had denied Jesus, Jesus knew what Peter had done. And he knew that deep down, Peter loved him and cared for him. And that sometimes we deny Jesus in moments of weakness, in moments of temptation, in moments when, when, when we uh, are, are unable to uh, overcome the forces around us and our um, sinful ways. And Jesus wanted Peter to know and wants us to know that each time we deny him, Jesus forgives us if we but love him. My friends, this story should remind us all 
that when things go wrong, it is easy for us to want to go back to the way things used to be. And that's true in our personal lives. That's true in, in our communal lives as a church. When things go wrong, uh, when, when things, especially in ministry, go wrong, uh, what's our, our first uh, uh, thinking? It's not, it's time to move ahead with, with, with where the Spirit is leading us. It's we need to go back and do the things we did when we were successful. In Peter's case, it was, let's go back and go fishing again. But what Jesus did is he came along and said, Peter, and to the rest of the disciples, you need not be looking behind you, you need to be looking in front of you. Because your, your future lies in front of you, not behind you. So my friends, we need to always remember that. That when we fail, we should always look forward and not look to the past. We should always be looking forward and not backward. But that's easier said than done because when things go wrong, oftentimes our, our, our self-confidence and our motivation, uh, they... They, 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 they take a nosedive, and, and we allow fear, and we allow doubt to creep in. And as I said, we're, we're tempted to go back to what is easy. And this is even true in our personal lives, when we have personal setbacks, when we have, have um, uh, moral failures or, or, or other things. We, we, we start to think badly about ourselves, and we want to go backwards rather than forward. Jesus calls us to be people looking forward. Something else that this story, I think, should remind us of is this. None of us are perfect. I know you look up here and you see this and you think, how can that possibly be? <laughs> but I'm here to tell you it is possible. None of us are perfect. None of us are going to get things 100% correct 100% of the time. And that is in every aspect of our life. But that doesn't mean that we can't move forward. That doesn't mean that we are total failures. It means that we are human. It means that we need to try again. This story also uh, reminds me of uh, this uh, quote that I love, uh, and, and it's attributed to a lot of different people, but it's actually from uh, uh, Edward Hale, and it's this. I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do something that I can do. My friends, each and every one of us can do something for Jesus. Even if we've had setbacks, even if we've had failures, Jesus still loves us and we can still do things 
for him. My friends, remember this. The Christian life isn't about perfection. It's about excellence. See, Jesus doesn't call us to be perfect 100% of the time because we're all going to make failures. Jesus calls us to excellence. That means we do the best we can do for him. And we also need to remember that Jesus gives second chances and third chances and fourth chances. Let me tell you, over the years, I have not always been successful in ministry. There have been setbacks. Let me tell you about the very first time I tried to do a community event with church. And we decided we were going to have this little kids' fair at our church parking lot. I, I, I might have told you some of, some of you this, these stories before because they, they are funny, and, and I'm telling you 100% this really happened. Um, uh, so we, we marked off a parking lot. It, it was during the, uh, the little town we were in. had a downtown festival deal. And we marked off one of our parking lots, which was fenced off because, and I kid you not, they did not want the handicapped girl next to us riding her motorized wheelchair in our parking lot because they were afraid that she would fall out of it and get hurt and sue us. I am not making this up. That was my first trustees meeting of all time. It gets better. Um, so I convinced them to, to, to op open up this parking lot. Uh, a, a lady and, and her, her three girls who went to the church wanted to make a banner for it and they wanted to know if, uh, if, if they could do that. And I said, go for it. And so they took a sheet, like a regular you know, house sheet, and they hung it around the front of the building. And this is a big old stone building, and it looked kind of like a castle. And then they took spray paint and spray painted on the, some of you already know where this is going, spray painted the, the, the message, right? Well, when we got done and we took off the sheet, yeah, that cost several thousand dollars to have the, the, the building sandblasted after that to get the paint off the, yeah, that was fine. <laughs> Pastor Rick, why did you let him do it? I don't know. I don't understand uh, how spray paint works, I guess. But the highlight of this particular ministry event was us stealing a tent from Youth for Christ. I kid you not, Youth for Christ, which is a, 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 a parachurch organization that, well, brings Christ to youth. Um, and uh, we had given them this big old tent several years before because we, we weren't using it. And we wanted to borrow it back. And after we borrowed it back, uh, uh, some of our church folks decided that we shouldn't have given it to them to begin with, and we were just going to hide it and hope they didn't come looking for it. So they decided to hide it in my office. <laughs> to which I said, I'm going home. All right, this was not a stellar event. This was a failure for Jesus, right? We generally don't want to deface property and steal other people's property in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> but we did. But you know what? Jesus was still with us. And Jesus was still with me. 
And over the years, I just want you to know that my public events have become much better. <laughs> I guess that's my way of saying never give up. There's always a brighter tomorrow. My friends, Peter, he had given up. He had gone back to his old ways because he thought he was of no use anymore to Jesus. And Jesus came along and said, Peter, you are so wrong. And the same holds true with you. You might be thinking, I am of no use to Jesus. Jesus doesn't want me. Not true. You can always find a way to serve Jesus. Let us pray. Lord, we have each made mistakes in our lives. Sometimes we, we do that in our personal lives, sometimes in service of you. And we, 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 we feel like you can't use us anymore, that, that we're, we're no good. Lord, remind us that you can always use us. As long as we love you, you will be with us and serve as we serve you. Thank you for Jesus and his love. Amen. This morning we'll be celebrating Holy Communion, and I invite you now to join me in the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Blessed are you, our Alpha and our Omega, whose strong and loving arms encompass the universe. For with your eternal word and Holy Spirit, you are forever one God. Through your word, you created all things and called them good. And in you, we live and move and have our being. When we fell into sin, you did not desert us. You made covenant with your people Israel and spoke through prophets and teachers. And in Jesus Christ, your word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. And so, with your people on earth and the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is Jesus Christ who called you Abba, Father. As a mother tenderly gathers her children, you embraced a people as your own and filled them with a longing for a peace that will last and for a justice that would never fail. In Jesus' suffering and death, 
You took upon yourself our sin and death and destroyed their power forever. You raised from the dead this same Jesus, who now reigns with you in glory, and poured upon us your Holy Spirit, making us the people of your new covenant. On the night before meeting with death, Jesus took bread. He gave thanks to you. He broke the bread, gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, Jesus took the cup. He gave thanks to you, gave it to the disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts that in the breaking of this bread and the drinking of this wine, we may know the presence of the living Christ and be renewed as the body of Christ for the world, redeemed by Christ's blood. As the grain and the grapes once dispersed in the fields are now united at this table in bread and wine, so may we and all your people be gathered from every time and place into the unity of your eternal household, and feast at your table forever. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. My friends, this is the body of Christ, broken for you. And this, this is the blood of Christ, shed for you. All is now ready. We, of course, practice open communion, which means anyone who feels led is invited to participate. We will be taking it in our seats this morning, which uh, means at first you will be passed a tray with the bread. You'll be asked to take a piece of bread and to hold that until everyone is served, and we'll take that element together, and then we will do uh, likewise uh, with so those who will be helping to uh, serve communion are invited to come forward now and for us to be in a time of prayerful contemplation.
My friends, take and eat. This is the body of Christ broken for you. My friends, take and drink. This is the blood of Christ shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. <laughs> 
Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this gift of bread and wine that once again brings us into union with you. Thank you for Jesus who forgives our sins, gives us the hope of everlasting life, and a new future serving him. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. Let us join together in our closing hymn.
people of the resurrection. You know the powerful love of God. Go into God's world proclaiming hope, peace, and joy in the name of the risen Lord. Amen.